Hello, everybody. It's Bill Burr, and it's time for another episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I am just checking in on you, seeing how your week's going and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, I have uh, some special guests this week um, from an upcoming uh, Hollywood motion picture entitled <laughs> The King of Staten Island. We have the great Ricky Velez, who I met while uh, working on the film, and then the star of the film, the golden boy, who hates compliments, <laughs> Pete Davidson. What's up, guys? Hey, man. Hey, How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. And we're, we're, we're basically, we're going to be the box office boys today. We're going to promote the film. Peter, when does it come out? June? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it comes out June 12th on Video On Demand. All right. Well, I got to tell you, I've been getting, uh, you know, anytime I've had one of these come out, you know, there's always, you know, I've been fortunate enough that most of them have gotten positive reviews, but then there's always some people being like, well, shouldn't it have done this? I don't understand that. But this thing has been overwhelmingly uh, positive. And I've gone on a couple of podcasts too, where they kind of love to shit on stuff. And even they were saying that they loved it. So I don't know, guys, I'm kind of excited. That really wasn't a question. I just was say, stating my emotions. Um, I've never done, by the way, I've never done the Zoom thing with more than one uh, interviewee. So I, I guess I have to just sit here and go, and go back and forth. So, uh, Pete, I think people know who you are at this point. So, yeah. uh, Ricky, I got to tell you, dude, I watched a cut of that, man. I was fucking blown away by your acting chops, man. I thought you did a great job. You stood out in a very strong Strong cast. I was actually mad I never got to act with you. That was that was that that was probably like the goal going into all of it. So just getting to work with you with writing was pretty sick. But I wanted to act alongside with Bill Burr. That, that was yeah, you you were with uh, Pete's whole Staten Island crew of uh, um, yeah, those guys. So I you guys I didn't even like I saw you because you were writing on the thing. So I would see you then, but I only. I ran into you guys at like the fitting and I feel like one other day and then that, that was kind of it. But um, I don't know. I think the whole thing kind of came together. So I don't know. You guys bummed out that it's not going to be, didn't get to do a premiere and all of that shit. Yeah. I'm bummed out because I wanted to hang with everybody. I wanted to hang with uh, Ellswit. We were just talking about, all yeah. right. I miss Ellswit so bad, man. Yeah. For those listening, Robert Ellswit was the uh, direct, uh, the DP on it. Is that the right thing? The second cinematographer. Eight, cinematographer. There we go. And, and he's done everything from uh, "There Will Be Blood" to that scene where Tom Cruise is like on the outside of the airplane. He shot all of that stuff, and uh, kind of became one of the. F I did that for months. His shit oh, was all right. Just, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. You stand over there. He's going to do this, and then the plane comes in, and uh, we're going to shoot it. All right. How casually Bob would hang off a uh, car as they were driving was always hilarious to me. Like he was just so okay with hanging off the side of a car and filming something. Yeah, he was a B, I don't know. We, I, I, I hope I get to work with that guy again, but I have to ask you guys about Staten Island cause I was just there obviously doing the acting gig and I left. So everybody's been asking me, you know, how I like Staten Island. I was saying I loved it. It reminded me sort of like greater Boston and a lot of the places where I used to hang out when I was younger. And uh, I was saying it seemed like a great place. And all I could hear was you guys sort of laughing. And, I, you know, it seemed like a nice suburb and stuff. 
And then I was thinking in my head sort of the storyline of what you guys were involved in. I'm probably uh, need to spend some more time there, or am I a little, am I kind of right? Staten Island's like a beautiful piece of shit. It's like, oh, come it, on, what are you talking about? It's gorgeous. It is. It, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, like, it has all the views of, like, everything beautiful. But it, it, it itself is, like, it's just, I don't know, Ricky, what do you, like, compared like, to, like, okay, you grew so up in I'm, Queens. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I grew up in Queens, so I, I've only seen the part of Staten Island that I thought you up. were the Staten Island bad boy. That's what I was calling you the whole, no, the whole film. Oh, good. Queens, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I only saw the parts that Pete had shown me. And then like the people I knew out of it were all like cops and whatnot. It's never like, I, before knowing Pete, I probably had been to the island like 10 times. You just don't go there. Yeah, I drove through it one time. I was playing the stress factory and my flight was out of JFK. So I just sort of <laughs> shot over the bridge, drove through it over the Verrazano. And then that was it. But I was surprised. I thought it was gonna look like Brooklyn. Like, I didn't realize it was going to have such a suburb vibe. I thought it was beautiful. My nuts? There are, no, there are parts of it that are stunning. Like, I, some of the houses that were, that, I mean, were you in the graduate? No, you weren't. No. But um, there's a part in the film where we filmed in one of the nicest houses I've ever been in. Oh, the, what, the graduation scene when you could see the whole entire New York City whole, skyline? All of the, the island of Manhattan, it was stunning. It was, it was nuts. I mean, that seems like the move, though. If you're going to live there, you can get a great house. You can, like, living in Manhattan is cool, but it sucks because you're paying so much and then you can't see the city. You're just in it. It's, like, right up against your face. But if you're in Staten Island, you can have a yard. You're just a couple of bridges away if you drive. You can jump on the little ferry. Am I overly simplifying this? I, I thought it was great. No, yeah, I think growing up there, and I, like, and, like you love where you grew up, Bill? Yes. No, oh, well, yeah, I, I guess it's just <laughs> 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 Yeah, but there was also, like, I grew up in Massachusetts, so it was all connected. So there was no sort of, uh, the way you guys are broken off there as an island, that I think that, you know, they used to send the trash out there, I guess, from the uh, Manhattan. So I guess there is sort of a uh, a stigma. But it's also oh, yeah. all cops and firefighters. Like, it's, it, it has to be a good percentage of the FDNY and NYPD. Oh, so it's like yeah. cop land. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very blue collar over here. The only thing is, is like, people from Staten Island, I was explaining, they don't go to the city. Like, it's like living in Jersey. So, like, anytime you would go to the city, it would be, like, this big, ridiculous thing, you know? Yeah, and I would think uh, nowadays there's probably less reason to go in there considering they just, they, <laughs> they scrubbed it clean. It's just, there's no vibe. It's very, uh, I'm surprised COVID survived in Manhattan. How, how Once all those glass towers and the Bed Bath & Beyonds came in, I was kind of like, am I walking around New York not worried about getting punched in the head for no reason this i mean when i first moved down there i was it was a uh i mean it wasn't the crack 80s but there was somewhere along the line there was a tipping point where yeah it, it was fun in the beginning of the 90s and then yeah. it kind of just took that turn of disney world i love it i love being able to skip and hold hands through new york city <laughs> <laughs> but I'm from, I'm from, 
I'm from like I'm from the part of Queens that like as far as far away as Pete is from Manhattan. So like it was always like anybody that went to Manhattan went in a limo. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like the big well, how did you guys end up meeting each other? Uh I was twenty, twenty-one, Pete was sixteen. Yeah, well, we were doing you? uh we were doing prom shows at New York Comedy yeah. Club. Oh yeah, yeah. In and the I was comedy doing... club, or were you on the boat? No, oh, no, no. Met... In the comedy club. Oh. And we were doing prom shows for our schools, and I, we would, I would just eat it in front of like people you, you that had, I went. You had to... the balls to go in front of your own classmates? Yeah, it was a nightmare. And then I realized that I should just make fun of like the principals and just be like, "Yeah, you know, study hard." Ugh. And then all of a sudden, it became easier. But I would just eat my dick in front of everybody I grew up with. Those are some of the worst shows I, I ever had. I want to talk about, oh, you know, that Philly show, you got booed by 10,000. That's not, that's nothing. Those, <laughs> those fucking prom gigs. Dude, I I did one. Stand Up New York had the ones where they, you were on a boat. It was actually a really cool prom for the kids until I started doing my comedy. But like they were on this boat going around <laughs> Manhattan. I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. I mean, the, the, the what the school did to increase those kids' chances of getting laid was, was incredible. <laughs> and then I came in like the big, you know, the big cock block. Hey, we got a comedy show. They just cut off the music, have you walk out onto the dance floor, and it was just, it was just a fucking nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, I felt, like, I felt like they never enjoyed the shows. I felt like they just were like, ah, another hour until I get home and try and like finger bang. Yeah, that was part of the overprotecting of kids when that began, when they started having comedy shows and knowing where they were all at. I did one where the freshmen from when I was seniors were, it was their graduation. And, they, right. and I was hosting, and they booed me every time I went up and even introduced somebody. So they just booed me back and forth the whole entire Were you even at a chance? No shot. No just shot. They knew you went I remember going up to watch it happen. Like comics were coming by to be like, I have to see this. And I was getting booed up and down each way. <laughs> 20 acts that night. Your next act. Yeah, <laughs> we've all, all fucking been there. Um, so and can you guys let my listeners know, because I'm going to fuck this up. Where can we go to see this movie? What is it going to um, be on? It'll be on Apple. It'll be on your cable. Uh, it'll be on Amazon, okay. I believe. It'll anywhere that you can, you know, rent or buy a movie. It'll be like when they uh, release Trolls. We're trying to follow the Trolls world tour format. I know because that crushed. That I watched crushed. a movie the other night with my kid about this old guy, um, and his wife dies. You know, it's Disney. Somebody always has to die, right? <laughs> Is it up? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Sad. It's a sad movie. It, it's like what, what are they trying to do to you? Like the fucking. You know, he finds love. He finds this weird, and then just they're the cutest couple ever. And then all of a sudden, they show her that they're painting like stuff on the wall, like they're gonna have a kid. And then they just show her at the doctor crying. And I'm like, <laughs> did she have a miscarriage? Is this like, is this is a storyline in a fucking Disney movie? A miscarriage? I gotta explain this. My daughter's like going, she's sad. And then I had to have my Nia had to explain to me what happened. I go, did she have a miscarriage? Like. No, no, they just said she's barren. She can't have any kids. How come they don't have that ride at Disney? Yeah. They don't have that one. They don't have 
They don't have Remember the Titans. That was a that was a Disney movie. They need to make those rides, and I'll go. Uh, yeah. So yes, yeah, so we watched that thing, and uh, yeah, it got pretty intense, man. And all of a sudden, that guy just he started to try to kill him, and there was the uh, the Asian kid there who was sort of a kidnapping that he should, maybe should have turned the house around, but he kind of kept going with this <laughs> that little Cub Scout kid. It was I was. It was still a good movie, but there was a lot yeah. of themes that I thought were a little beyond my three-and-a-half-year-old. Because she kept going, is that his daddy? Is that his daddy? Like, oh, no. No, Who no is it's that? just some old some guy. Some old guy. Tied balloons to his house, and I uh, took the kid to South America. <laughs> and not only that, he's up in the clouds. He gets into fucking IFR. That's my favorite thing ever, right? He has no gauges or anything, but it's also like he's not really staring it, so he's going to be fine. But then the fucking kid is out on the front porch for like half the ride. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be the fucking weekend uh, warrior here, but he would have got hypoxia. He would have died. You can't fucking go up there that without uh, – I forget the test. I think it's above 12.5. You got to have some sort of assisted oxygen. This little kid was fucking out on the porch. And he got down to like Nicaragua before he realized the fucking kid was hanging out there. I know it's just a movie, but Jesus Christ. And he's going uh, like, those I, are cumulonimbus. And in my head, I'm going, oh, you want to get away from that? That's like the worst shit ever on the test. Uh, Never bring down a fucking DC-10. Um, <laughs> Ricky, you had a kid, right? Yeah, man. I actually did watch that movie, but my kid's not old enough to, like, understand death. That was actually going to be my question for you. Does, did your kid, like, understand someone died? Um, she understands that somebody's sad. And, and there was the initial, I remember the first time she sort of saw someone who was being a jerk um, in a movie. And it was just confusing because everybody's been so like positive and loving her and all of that. So she was just like, she just kept going, why he do that, Dada? Why, why that man do that or whatever? <laughs> and, <it> just <laughs> and she says, he's not a good guy. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's not a good guy. <laughs> so I read this old book, uh, the hell, one of those Robert McClowski books. And uh, it's about the kid who plays the harmonica. And there's some old guy in town who's just an asshole. Old Sneep. And whenever I grab the book, Lentil's the name of the book. She'll just be like, I'll read me Lentil. I'll be like, all right. And as I pick up the book, she'll look at me. She'll be like, old Sneep, not a good guy. He's not a good guy. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not a good guy. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, okay, so it's going to be up on all the platforms. I, I tell you, I think you guys got yourselves a, uh, this feels like it's going to be a really, uh, I think you got I'm not trying to jinx it or anything. You guys did a hell of a job. Oh, thank yeah, you. It was man. just fun to be a part of. This was sick. I mean, it was really good. Come on, Ricky, we got 45 minutes. You got, you got to sell it harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad at doing this press. I'm like, yeah, it's out. You well, it's because you've done it. like 50 of them at this point. And after the Washington Post one, I mean, that guy did some really in-depth questions. Yeah, he uh, was like, when your dad died, did it make you sad? I was like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, it actually did. And he goes, when you were watching the fires and stuff, did that make you sad as well? And it's like, yeah, it did, yeah, Mr. Guy. Kind of that, that job is to try to bring the emotion out. I told you my wife watches that. She watches those... Uh, those murder shows late at night and they'll have like the, the reporter is interviewing the person who lost a loved one. And, and you're just watching the guy's job or the woman's job to pull the tears out 
it's just, it's, it's horrific. Like, so do you miss him? Do you think about him every day? <laughs> what was the last thing he said to you? It's just like, Jesus Christ. Why don't you just hold yeah. the photo up? <laughs> you can't hug him anymore. Um, hey, did you guys see the NHL is going to come back? Oh, oh really? No. Yeah, they're going to do a they're going to do a playoff in two cities yet to be determined. Depending on your record, there's going to be a uh, a best three out of five in the first round, like the old days, which means you know the the, the lower ranked team all they got to do is win that game one. And then it becomes like, you know, the other team tightens up. It's actually a great thing. I don't know if they're going to have fans or anything, but um, I'm kind of feeling like everybody's just ignoring the government now and just sort of unquarantining themselves. They're just like, I've had it. I can't be in the fucking house anymore. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen many people with masks lately. Everybody's kind of dropping the whole mask thing. Walking around Manhattan, people do not have masks on. There's numerous people not wearing masks in New York. It's crazy. I feel it's insane. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still a mask guy. I'm, a I still, mask guy. I, I'm just like until the CDC says don't wear one, I'm not going to listen to somebody who doesn't have a fucking medical degree. But the CDC told you not to wear one. Oh, they did. It, well, I also don't did. watch. They were the original people of telling us not to wear them. <laughs> they said don't wear one. Originally, the CDC said not to wear them. What uh. does that mean? Did they then change it? They changed their minds on them. Yeah. When it all started, masks were dumb. It was a dumb move. And all right, yeah, but that's old news. What? <laughs> now you should wear them. You're putting that out there like why, that's... Why are you listening thing? to the people that don't tell you the right... I, I'm just... I'm not listening to anybody. I'm picking my own rules and I'm sticking to them. Oh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. All I know is whenever <laughs> Asians get sick, they wear them. And they, they, they seem to be like the ones that know what's going on. They seem to know. If they just get a common yeah. cold. I remember when they would be wearing masks on the plane. I'm like, what are they doing? And then I realized, oh, it's because they have a cold. I'm like, that is like some of the most thoughtful, courteous shit I've ever seen in my life. We're That's all why they live. Like, you ain't going to fucking tell me to wear a mask, you fucking socialist <laughs> some bitch. Listen, I get people who live in the middle of fucking nowhere, you know. I was talking to a buddy of mine lives in Tennessee. He goes, it's not like. The way it is in L.A. and New York, it's not like that out here. Our neighbors are not on top of us. So, you know, I, I, I get that, I guess. Are you guys going to do one of these comedy club gigs where they no. have 300 <laughs> tables with like four people sitting there? No, I'm terrified. That sounds so scary to do right now. What about you? Are you thinking about doing any of those things? I would do it. I got a kid coming in like two weeks, so like I, I can't really do it, but I, I would do it. I go out. I would just like lose money. They're like, hey, you know, they got a couple in Utah or, Fe or Arizona or something, and I'm just sitting there going, like, all right, there's gonna be how many people there, and I have to fly all the way out there and do all of this shit. I just don't know if I'm gonna make any money, but I think I'm just gonna use. I think I'm gonna do some local shit out here in LA. I'm gonna find some random little theaters or whatever. Just go up, you know. Work for free, let the uh, theater charge whatever they want to charge so they can stay afloat. Like, I want to do one um, at the, uh, the Troubadour. I'd like to do one down there because I know they're kind of hurting. It's a famous uh, music venue out here. So, I, I don't know. I guess stuff like that. But the great thing is, is if the quarantine stays, hey, here's something fucked up. What if everybody just unquarantines? And says, fuck I this, mean, we're going out. Then what happens with you? Movie? Would you feel any responsibility if, like, a group of people got sick at your show? 
Oh, that's a great question. And it's an easy answer. No, I wouldn't. We all know the risks. I don't have to apologize to you any more than I do have to do my jokes. You know we were in a pandemic. You decided to... So what am I? I was like so mesmerizing that you just had to walk down to the club. Go fuck. I'm so sick of people not taking responsibility for their own actions. <laughs> okay, we all know what the game is. We rolled the dice. You lost. Uh, you were in the crowd. I was far enough away. I would definitely perform at the back of the stage. I wanted to go to those comedy clubs when you walk out like on stage, like the door opens, like the old Miami improv. It's like the greatest, like the comedy clubs where you you walk off stage and immediately go right to the green room were the greatest um, ever, yeah. especially for like the late shows. If you had a problem with some drunk guy and you like, I really don't feel like getting sucker punched. You could just walk right in. I, I, maybe I, I would do something like that, but. Miami's one of the ones they, they just opened. Oh yeah. You're not kidding. Those people, they're too good looking. They work out too hard. They want to show it off. <laughs> you know, they're going to open the restaurants in New York city on the streets. Oh, they are. And where yeah. you sort of sneeze out towards the street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, but I will tell you this. I had such a great time working on this movie with you guys, and I am really, really bummed out that there is no sort of uh, premiere because I was looking forward to getting together with all the, uh, the firefighters again, to have Mario tell me some more of his acting stories. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, that was a guy. I'm not going to say what the story was, but he just repeatedly kept telling these <laughs> stories of these, these horrible characters that he played and what he did in these friggin' movies, man. It was just like, all right, dude, I got it. I got yeah. it. And he was so proud of it. Like, he couldn't. He this couldn't, other movie, like, wait. I was in a horror movie and I got to drown a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay. And I did it like really convincing. Okay, Mario. Thanks. Yeah. I'm over here, leave me yeah. alone. I'm gonna stand over here, do my lines, and stay away from you for the rest of this film. Would you call him the Red Flag? Or we we had a nickname for him. I forgot what it was, but we had a nickname from every time he popped up. We would go up. Oh, red flags over here. Yep. I worked on the one with a guy, and when he would walk over to where we were sitting, we would just start chanting HR HR because <laughs> everything he said was just like, dude. I don't know. What, what do you think? It's the 70s? Well, I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking yeah, filling up I'm time. just talking. Oh, man. He was hilarious. So when, when do you guys think the comedy clubs are going to open back up again? What's that? When do you think the comedy clubs will open back up again? In New York? or LA? like I think in LA they'll open. I think New York will uh, close, uh, not open the longest. Yeah, I think, I think Christmas. I think August. You think August? Well, look at all these fucking lunatics. Like, I love that whole wave of people that went down to the beach. God bless those people. God bless them. Like, that's like oh, when you, know, you see that old footage and those GIs are walking towards that A-bomb they just set off so they could see what was going to happen, those poor bastards, right? I feel like those people did that for the COVID. They went down there. pioneers. Yeah, they twerked and snorkeled. <laughs> rode their fucking four-wheelers past each other coughing all over each other and you know if they fucking survive then i think it's safe to come out i mean georgia's not spiking oh they're not oh dude fuck this we're gonna do a tour by september <laughs> we're gonna be fine 
the uncertainty is is def is definitely sucks though. Just not knowing is really annoying. Not knowing the fact that it's gonna come back and now that it's like hitting kids. That's what sucks. Yeah, I, I saw that. Is that like uh, is that becoming a thing? I mean, not enough number wise to be a big big thing, but I mean. There are kids that are getting stuff that are COVID positive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably not a lot of them, but it's enough to get people stirred up and scared. So the 24. Uh, yeah. Like our pediatrician here in New York hit us up and was just telling us like the facts of it other than what the news was telling us. And it's like, it's bad, but it's definitely not the worst. It's not as bad as the pediatrician that he hit you up. <laughs> You'd have to like talk to him or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sending you COVID text messages and shit. Um, all right, so let's let's talk more about the movie here. What's uh, how do you talk about a movie that you don't want to give away? Favorite scenes? Ah, uh, mm. damn, it's one of yours, Bill. Oh, all right. When you show up to the house. Yeah, it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Make me fucking laugh so hard, dude. That's the uh, that was the first my first day on that. I remember I yep. came in and I had to scream and yell at you and Marissa. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Hey, Marissa, I love nice this. to meet you. What the fuck is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping in with both feet. I think Judd did that on purpose in a good way. No, yeah, everything he does has a rhyme or reason. What was your favorite uh, scene? Um, I like the one where we were playing uh, cards, although they only used it a real clip, a quick one. I just had that in, like, the baseball, because I figured by then we had all, like, bonded. Right. So I was going to work and I just felt like I was just hanging out with friends and shit. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. There'll be a lot of extras, a lot of things that they cut that I was just like, man, that didn't make it. But then I saw the movies like two hours and 15 minutes long. So I'm like, all right, well, I, yeah, you had to cut something at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so the first cut was like 247. I watched was like, that what do you think? Oh, yeah, we did. That's right. Over at, uh, over at Judd's offices. Did we smoke Appetower. cigars or no? Yeah, we smoked cigars. I thought he told us not to smoke in his office, so I thought I didn't. I went outside, didn't I? Yeah, we went outside. Yeah. yeah you, you, you complied. Well, Judd <laughs> has those fucking sad basset hound eyes. I, wasn't, yeah. I just pictured him the next day. They smoked in here. He's <laughs> 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 even more slumped. He has like editing bay posture, right? And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to make him any more folded over than he already is. Oh, God. Um, go ahead. Who was going oh, to no, talk I was just laughing. This is the hardest fucking interview ever because you guys are not here. And then the thing that we're supposed to talk about, you can't really talk about because you can't fucking give it away. Yeah, these Zoom things are a nightmare. They, they, they have, have, how many have you done, Bill? I've done a lot. I like Zoom as far as like not having to commute anywhere and not being another asshole going to an airport or, or being in the car. I like being out of the way of other people, knowing that because I'm not there, there's another, there's a guy sitting at a red light who's at least a car length ahead, you know? <laughs> so I'm hoping after the end of all this bullshit that we finally utilize, especially like all of these business meetings and shit. Um, oh, Yeah. Like this, all these, like, um, when I started doing the road, youngsters, like, that was the very beginning of just everybody started traveling. 
Like when I was a kid, if you traveled, that was like a special thing. It was like, it was like one guy in every neighborhood who was a big, big fucking business guy who had to take a business trip. And it was like, wow, he gets a company car. He puts on a suit. He goes to the airport, gets on fucking Eastern Airlines or whatever the hell he did. But everybody else, it was like maybe um, the rich family in your neighborhood, like took them to like fucking Disneyland in like the uh, Disney World in the summertime. And they'd come back, everybody was all tanned up and shit. And they had all their Mickey Mouse stuff. And you just would say, I remember asking my, my friend when I was a kid, I was just asking, I didn't know what it looked like. I knew there was a castle, that was it. I was like, what? And he was telling me, he was exaggerating all this shit, said he went to a haunted house and there was a trap door and he fell through it. And I was fucking, <laughs> <laughs> and there was no way to go on the internet and fact check it. I was like, really? And then I was coming to my mom going, we need to go to Disney World. There's a haunted house with a trap door and you fall through it. <laughs> like, I don't think that that happened. I don't think that that, when you get a little older, when you get a little older, we'll do something like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, I would go on vacation once every like two, three years. That was, that was my big thing. Ricky, did you guys go on vacation? We camped a lot. We did a lot of camping. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of camping a lot of uh, cabins shit like that uh i think only like i went to the bahamas once yeah that's a that's a that's a big one we went to uh disney world when i was like 15 we finally took a family oh no maybe a little before that i went too young i barely remember it i went, we went to washington dc we did that. And I remember one of my, my little brother got lost. Like we were looking at the White House when you could like walk up to the gate and like wave to the president before fucking 9-11. And uh, saw Anwar Sadat give, give, a, give a speech. And then my brother was just gone. I mean, gone, gone. To the point I was having a panic attack. I thought he was gone. I, mean, I ended up finding him. I still remember it was the early 80s and he had his white socks pulled up to his knees with the Larry Bird short shorts with that line going down the side. And he was just oh, running. Awesome. Yeah, I was so fucking relieved. Justin um, just ran away? Well, I mean, there was no cell phones and shit. So if you just drifted away, it was like you were on the Serengeti. An alligator <laughs> came up out of the water and you were just gone. It was fucking <laughs> nuts. Like, like the amount of kids that I'm, I don't know. That just, and I, I'm telling you, you could have been like fucking 10 feet away from your family, but that there was a crowd and then they panic and the herd just starts stampeding, looking for the kid and you go in different directions and you had a fucking problem. That's Man. crazy. But back to the uplifting movie that we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you said something really cool in that, that DC thing where you were saying how you're feeling like you're, you're going to be able to put all of this behind you finally. I was really happy for you as far as that went. And I'm hoping that people will, uh, you got to come up with a great line after this. Any time they, after they try to steer you back into that shit, something about how, you know, I made a movie about it. Um, everything right. I wanted to say is in that movie. And uh, I would really appreciate it if you took the time to check it out because that, that's, that's rather than answer this question. It, the, the whole entire Zoom thing has been really difficult for me because I can't sit still. I'm like horrible. I like to pace. So I, I've had a horrible time doing like all these like interviews on that. This one's fun, but all the, all the other ones have been I a nightmare. Say, Thank you. 
I thought you were all comfortable there in your Commissioner Gordon leather chair that you have. <laughs> Dude, that is a man's fucking chair right there. That is a guy that is making decisions. Thank you. I feel like I should have a big button over here. Oh, underneath the desk. Yeah, the, the, not yet. Yeah. I guess those jokes aren't funny anymore in this room. Right. That really kind of slowed that all down, right? I wonder, I wonder if that does that come, does that come right back? Because there's a weird time right now where you had the whole Me Too thing, right? You had all of that shit. And then COVID comes along, knocks them off the front page. And now you've had these horrible, you know, stories about people of color and cops and all of that type of things. And, you know, people telling, you know, white women to put their dogs on leashes. So that Karen thing <laughs> has now gone, uh, it's gone viral. And white women are, are now aware of, of what that is. There was white womening, there was Karens and that type of shit. So now what I'm wondering is now their next move is going to be to show how woke they, now they're actually, white women are on the defensive, I feel like right now, for the first time in about five years. They had a great run. You know, the team's old. <laughs> like, it's like the last dance, you know. Now they, <laughs> this will be, you know, so-and-so's last year complaining. Um. I, I love the last dance. Dude, how great was that? Just watching Dennis Rodman go wrestle in the middle of the finals. It just seems it. so sick. What about had, had Jordan, Jordan like literally goes to go get him. Like how bad this guy wants to win. He's knocking on the door and Carmen Electra's pulling the covers up over her head. It's so sick. Out there, just like, I thought, um, you know, there's, there's been a number of sports writers that were... You don't like a documentary that the guy's a good guy the whole time. Well, I think that says a lot about you, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. But that's what a lot of like people who criticize were like, well, he had final edit. It was a fluff piece. And it's like, buddy, you guys have been telling his story for 40 fucking years. Shouldn't right. I be allowed to, wouldn't it be great to hear his version? Yeah. Considering you tried to make like his dad's murder about his gambling, which was beyond, he should have been able to sue them for libel or whatever the fuck you'd sue, blasphemy or uh, pandemic seas or whatever the fuck you call it, right? He should have been able to sue for something. There's actually yeah. some New York guy, he's really whining about it, but he also has a, that, that he wasn't in it, but he also has a book coming out. So I think he's trying to use whatever momentum of that thing to sell his book. But uh, I think, I don't know. I think sports writers had their opportunity. They told his story in real time. And now he's like, no, this is the story. And I just loved yeah. Isaiah Thomas going on and doing that whole damage control press thing. Uh, where he threw, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, all of that <laughs> bullshit where he threw the Celtics under the bus and all that. He's like, yeah, people didn't shake hands, you know. Uh, it's like, well, Jordan did two years in a row. And when you finally beat the Celtics because you didn't have a, a stupid inbound pass that Larry Bird took, stole, you were running over to shake Kevin McHale's hand. So you, you obviously shake hands if you win. So Did they decide if they're doing the NBA in uh, Disney? What is that? I heard they were bringing the NBA back at Disney World. Really? Yeah. That would be insane. Yeah, Mickey Mouse cool. doing backflips at halftime? No, dude. It's going to be nobody but the teams there. And they're saying the Knicks might not even get to go because their record was so bad. It'll just be the teams that are qualifying for the playoffs. Oh, Wait a minute. Knicks. They're going to play the playoffs in Disney World? 
Possibly, yeah. It, where the it's a small world after all. They're gonna clear out the ride. Like where <laughs> do they, where the they do it? That they have there, dude. Hold on. They have a stadium. Yeah. Oh, Disney oh. World. Yeah. I thought they were gonna be playing like out in this like Main Street. No. They're <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no, they're gonna play. Uh, they, they they the decision was like last week, I believe. Tiny NBA, their Walt Disney World hotel accommodations. Yeah, they're gonna be playing Disney. Get <laughs> <laughs> your favorite team's mask and show up. <laughs> Complimentary uh, vitamin D as you enter the arena. How many are they gonna let people go in or no? No, 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 no. no. Oh, all right, they're just gonna finish off the season. Yeah, it says NBA for July return at Disney World. So the Lakers will win the finals. Well, they should just go right to the playoffs because if they play the rest of the regular season, I mean, and There's then no they start next year's regular season, they're going to be playing like a fucking year and a half straight. Although they did have a nice off season right now, but like, are you going to like end who the like the guy's going to win the championship in like the end of fucking August, yeah. and then start playing like preseason games mid September? Yeah, all going to be playoffs, huh? All playoffs. It's going to be all playoffs. Oh, that's going to be fun. We'll be making its return under this format. Instead, the NBA will effectively end its regular season in favor of the postseason. The format will be similar to any other NBA playoff. The top eight teams from the conference will go against each other in a tournament uh, with the Eastern and Western conferences uh, facing in the NBA Finals. All right, now what are the odds? Who's, who's, who's that <laughs> three, guy? Three half court. <laughs> who's the guy from Toronto? The rapper, the fan. Oh, uh, Drake. Drake, what are the odds he still gets in? He still gets to go. <laughs> he still gets to Because I got to be honest with you. I fucking, I've really enjoyed uh, a lot of sports without crowds. Even that, that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson thing, the fact that you could hear them talking and they were mic'd up was way cooler than listening to some fat fuck as Tiger tees off. Tiger, you the man or in the hole. And right. I, can, I, can, I can hear the guy who works at the Waffle House, but I can't hear, like, the greatest golfer of all time. I like <laughs> – I kind of – like, the UFC with no crowd was fucking killer, just hearing the sound of those leg kicks and the punches. I mean, I want the crowd to come back because that's obviously – I miss the crowd of UFC. I like that crowd. I did – I mean, golf I don't watch. But the UFC crowd, watching that kind of just felt weird without the crowd. Did, didn't you feel, though, though that the hits – it just – just to hear them, it's it sounded even more. Because I'll sit there and watch a guy check. I couldn't stop check looking like at a, the empty seats. I kept looking at the empty seats the whole fucking fight. That's what you young guys all do. Like you post a, you post any picture on the internet. It's never about the the fucking subject. It's by hey, great picture, but what's up with the fucking hinge up here? <laughs> I don't know. Home Depot much? It's just like Jesus fucking Christ sitting there nitpicking like a fucking apparent there's 10,000 people missing it's not nitpicking <laughs> it's 10,000 okay, fair enough but like there's two guys trying to beat the shit out of you and you're sitting there going look at those empty seats <laughs> i mean if you saw two guys fighting on the street are you looking at the store that they're fighting in front of going, when are they going to repair that awning <laughs> I'm looking around like who else is seeing this shit? That's what you do. You just look around. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm lie to you. I, I when I watch old boxing matches, um 
I was watching that guy. Who's the dude? Uh, you're not gonna remember the that Prince Nassim, Nassim or something like that. Oh, uh, that guy was a piece of shit. Yeah. Was he? Didn't he like come in on a magic carpet? Yeah, he was selling the fight. He was an incredible showman. He was really <laughs> to hit. He was an incredible <laughs> showman. He's a song and dance man. You got to sell the fight. I mean, being a fucking asshole makes people want to see you get knocked out. And that dude, people just could not fucking hit him until finally, you know, he 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 find that uh, the Barrera guy was just not having it. Was just not fucking having it. Um, so and then of course, oh, so so you loved Tyson Fury's entrance into the the ring when he did the whole kink thing and all the. When he fought no, Wilder, I think, it's, I think it's ridiculous, but I I respect the business side of it. I mean, first of all, the guy's going to go in there; he's going to get hit in the head, even if he wins, like a fucking a hundred times, and he's going to pay right. for that later on in life. He needs to be bigger than life so he can get like you know some advertising gig, selling Cheerios or something, so he can pad <laughs> his bank account and maybe quit <laughs> before he runs into his Antonio Tarver, who's just younger and faster. Like, like the fight game is such a cruel game as far as how the crowd, like, judges you on your last fight. When you're, like, 38, you're, like, old enough to have, like, a 15-year-old, you know? And if you, you know, like, the average 38-year-old, if he came walking on the front lawn with his fucking wife beater and his spare tire hanging over his, his gut, these guys are still fighting at that level. And then they got to fight some 22-year-old kid. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you that's gotta, true. You want to see Tyson fight again? Do I want to see Mike Tyson fight again? Um, I, you know, I don't, you know, getting, it seems like if you get hit, the, the older you are, the more damage it can do. I've enjoyed Tyson's post-fight career. His one-man show was killer. His, uh, you know, some of his podcasts when Joe Rogan has had him on. He's a really fascinating guy. So I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see that guy get knocked around. I'm not saying he's going to get knocked around, but just, you know, fighting. You got to take a few to give a few. I mean, he's got to be like 50, right? Uh, he is yeah, he is 50. I think he's like 53 or 4. But that training video that came out recently was fucking wild. Oh, Did you yeah. guys see that? Oh, he's unbelievable. The, the, nobody ever had that movement that he has at the heavyweight division and the speed. Um, and the minute he trains, he just puts on the shortest pair of pants he has. It's insane. He's wearing like Daisy Duke swinging. It's amazing. That's the old school boxing shorts. They used to go right up to your dick. Dude. And he was a historian. Uh, I remember when he, when he first was a champion, he was showing all these, those Jack Johnson fights and all of that shit back then. Jack Johnson before he became a, a white folk singer or whatever. That guy. I had, uh, I had a banana moment. pancakes guy. Well, isn't there a guy? There's a, there's a, there's a musician. Yeah, named so, Jack some barefoot guy with a guitar named Jack Johnson. Yeah. And all the women love him, and he fucking lives in Hawaii. I remember reading about him in, in Rolling Stone. I'm like, look at this guy. <laughs> fucking figured it out. We all bought guitars, but this guy figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can tickle the ivories, but can you write a hit song there? Um, anyway, well, the movie comes out June 12th, as I mentioned. Um, and... As much as I want this quarantine to end, it'd be great if everyone was still inside and watched it. How's that? Yeah. Is that a good I one? Know. That's beautiful, Bill. I loved it. All right. Well, Pete, Pete what, what is next for you? Oh, I'm just sitting in my mom's house until this ends. 
that's about it. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm playing video games and hoping that the world gets better. Do you got you guys tour together? You guys work together? Stand up? Yeah, we work a lot together. And um, this has been, I think this is the longest I haven't seen Pete in 10 years. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, yeah. that's, are you, are you quarantining in uh, Queens? No, I'm in Manhattan. I actually, I, I, pardon? Yo, I just realized you're wearing a hat that said Queens, and I said before, yeah, you're from Staten Island. I'm a fucking idiot. Sorry. <laughs> and I talked over you like I always do, so go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, I actually took off to Michigan. I was in Michigan for a while. My wife's from there, so we stayed out there for like 55 days, and then we recently came back within the last three weeks. And oh, just being cool. back in the city, it's just weird here. So I've just been in Manhattan, and then I'm going to make a move in a bit. There's one of the best gigs in the country is in Michigan. I think What's it's that? outside of Grand Rapids. There's, there's a, a church that's still functioning, but on Saturday night, they just, I don't know what religious denomination they are, but it's definitely a cool religion because they let us come in. Either that or they're hurting for money, but they let us come in and just say whatever we want. Like you're up there on the altar going, hey, what the fuck's up with <laughs> And then the next day, there's somebody up there going like Jesus or Muhammad, whatever, whatever they're into, said this and said that. What the hell's the name of that gig? It's amazing. It has like an upper deck going around the whole top. That's what I loved about it. I'm like, wow, these, these preachers are a draw out here. Just fucking packing them in. He became a theater act, right? That's awesome. Sounds terrible. Um, all right. With that lull, I think we've reached the end here. <laughs> how, how long three guys can sit here? And fucking talk about something you're not allowed to talk about. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to thank uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Pete, thanks so much for uh, getting me in the movie. And oh, uh, dude, you're the fucking man, dude. Bill, thank you, you for having me. Movie. You're awesome. And, yeah, you're the uh, shit. And I'm looking. Yeah, you guys are gonna. This big big shit's gonna happen for both of you guys. Rick, you guys gotta watch Ricky Velez in this thing. Thank fucking you, total natural, man. Fucking, you crushed those scenes. I was watching my wife. Right, look at this kid. Fucking acting like he's been doing it for 20 years. I see a lot of work for you guys in the future. So just Thank keep you, having me play the uncle, the angry old guy. <laughs> I love being typecast because it means I'm working. <laughs> All right, that's it. I got to go. Uh, I got to go fucking. I, I got to do like another 91 of these things. So um, that's, uh, that's the podcast here. Andrew, do I have to stay on and do the. Um, yeah. The read, right? All right. Here we go. Okay, and here, okay, today's Thursday's podcast was brought to you by Honey. Are we still quarantining? Uh, with all shop on, we all shop online a lot. Uh, but did you know you can make online shopping even better? You can with, oh, Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart, which makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Oh, I don't know. Target, Best Buy, Sephora, Macy's, eBay, Etsy, Walmart, etc. I don't know if that's etc. They listed so many. I think those people, you know, that's product placement right there. Etc. is after two or three. Uh, when you check when you check out this little drop, this little box drops down, and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a second for it to scan for every promo code on the internet. Watch the prices drop. Honey has found 
it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Did you know that Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and they're adding more every day? Users love Honey. That's why it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store, on the Google Chrome Store. Fuck. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. Plus, it's backed by PayPal, so you know you can trust it. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash burr. That's joinhoney.com slash burr. All right, that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Once again, The King of Staten Island, starring uh, Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, Steve Buscemi, and uh, introducing the wonderful Ricky Velez. And uh, it's going to be streaming everywhere. Enjoy the music and listen to a bonus half-hour um, episode of a previous Greatest Hits Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 28th, 2012. How's it going? How are you? Um, happy Memorial Day. Huh? Thanks to all the troops. You know, that's what you're supposed to do today, right? Anybody? Are you still recovering from the cookout? Your cookout for the troops? Your 12-pack to the head for the fucking heroes. I don't give a shit what a holiday is. I don't give a fuck what it's for. Eventually, enough years goes by, and it's just an excuse to become a tub of shit and drink a 12-pack, you know, and get all your feelings off your chest, you know? All that shit that you've been harboring about the person that you're with. You know, a few weeks ago, Somebody was asking me, ah, oh, you know, they wanted to break up with somebody. And I was saying, listen, you got to listen, you know, the person who has it down, how to do the breakup was Minivan Men Podcast's own celebrity star, Al Madrigal. But if you don't have time to email Al Madrigal, just listen to LL Cool J, uh, Big Old Butt. <laughs> I don't know why I never really listened to him when I was growing up. You know, Mama said, knock you out. Oh, did she? Is that what she said? L.O. Cool J. I don't care. You know, I just wasn't into it. His deodorant in his armpits when he was jamming with those white guys. I, I just, I never got into it. But lately, lately, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just, just come onto my YouTube shit. I don't know what it is, but I was listening to some of his stuff. Well, I know why. Yesterday I was trying to remember, like, what was that song he used to have? That I'm the type of guy, and you're the type of guy. What the fuck was that? And then I listened to it, and I kind of liked it, but I hated that oh we oh part of it. Really annoyed me. I'm like, oh, that's why I never downloaded this shit. But then on the side, they had uh, LL Cool J, Big Old Butt. 
you know, I play drums. I'm like, well, let me hear what this track sounds like. And I put it on. And he basically teaches you how to break up with a girl in that song or that rap or that uh, that rhyme, whatever, however you're supposed to say it. He breaks it down and just in like fucking 11 seconds, he sits his girls down. He's basically hanging out in like some sunglass hut or some shit. And some girl comes in with an insane ass. And he does what every guy does. He stares at it and he thinks, I want to fuck that. But oh shit, I have a girlfriend. So what does he do? Does he sneak around on her? No. He goes home and he sits her down. He says, listen. I met this girl named Tina, okay? Tina's got a big old butt. I know that I said I'd be true. (laughs) I'm really whiting this up. (laughs) But Tina got a big old butt. So I'm leaving you. It's, I mean, that's just fucking airtight. You, you can't fuck with that. He was 100%. I don't even know if she could get mad. I think that's, that I think women so expect guys to be lying, weaselly pieces of shit that if you actually hit them with that level of honesty, I think they would just be stunned. Just like the chick in the video. Like, I didn't think that that was bad acting. I think that they would absolutely be stunned if you just came home and said, listen, I met this girl. I know that I said I'd be faithful to you, but she's better looking than you. So I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) What is the comeback? There's nothing. They'd be like if your girl came home and said, listen, I know we're together, but this guy, you know, I met him at the mall. His dick is twice the size of yours and he's got a better car. So uh, it's kind of a no brainer. I'm out of (laughs) here. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your little dick and your fucking Domino's pizza? It's over. You just got to fucking be like, you know, you only go around once. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get it. So anyway, so if you don't have time to uh, email Al Madrigal, which you should, which you should, uh, just listen to uh, LL Cool J, Big Old Butt. <laughs> You got to see his face when he goes, so I'm leaving you. It's, it's, I don't, can't explain it. It's way meaner than it has to be. That's what it makes it funny. Because there's a way to read that where you're kind of letting him down easily, you know? But he didn't. He just did it like, yeah, this is how it works. So there you go. Look at that on a holiday. As you're shaking off your fucking Keystone Lights that you drank for the troops. You know, your fucking bong hits for the men and women in the Marine Corps that you took, right? Flag Day's coming up, everybody. Where we respect and honor all the flags of the world. Come on down and get your bush light for fucking $12 a fucking case. What the fuck would happen? What would the world be like if there was no way to get fucked up? If you couldn't get high, couldn't get drunk. Jesus. How long would marriages last then? They'd probably be even shorter. Or would they just be rage? Just sitting around fucking, ugh, stone sober, eating strawberry shortcake. It'd be horrific. Um, anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast. Um, it is the end of May, everybody. All right? How many days are in May? 
30 days has September, so does April and November. All the rest have a bunch of other dates except for February. Uh, go fuck yourself with your song. Um, so you got 30, 31. Ah, fuck, what is it? April has 30, June has 30, May's 31. Well, what, I got the little thing I can click right here. Oh, I have a computer. I don't need to think, right? It has, why is it in September? Oh, for Christ's sake. Do I have to click another button? It has 31 days. <clears throat> All right, so you until have, you guys have until Thursday midnight to make something of May 2012. All right, are you in a fucking relationship you don't want to be in? Do you want to be in this relationship you don't want to be in in June? Why don't you celebrate the end of May by getting out of your fucking relationship and sitting down? And basically, just go with the LL Cool J vibe. Hold her hand and just go straight honesty. And then what? what's she going to do? What's he going to do? They're going to flip the fuck out, but the, the die has been cast. The ship is set sail. The ball is already rolling. The sun is setting. The rain is falling. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's out there. Just put it out there. Let him scream and yell. And in your head, as much as it sucks, you're going to be like, okay, I did it. I did it. Now I just got to sit here and get yelled at. And uh, how long can somebody really yell before they lose their voice? An hour? 90 minutes? In an hour and a half, I'm going to be in the car listening to LL Cool J driving away from that thing I didn't want to be in. All right? And I know I talk about this shit a lot, but I think a lot of people are in situations like this. They don't know how to sit somebody down. It just say, so I'm leaving you. <laughs> you know, if I was LL Cool J and I stopped, you know, selling tickets and all that type of shit, that would be a side business that I would have. I would take that little fucking rhyme that he had and I would custom do it for everybody in their life. And just and then people could just write you. All right. And you charge it. You charge him a hundred bucks and he would write you a, you know, four bars. It all rhymes. And you just get out exactly what you're saying, you know. Just be like you eat with your mouth open. I know I said that I'd be true. <laughs> but you eat with your mouth open. So I'm leaving you. you just get right. <laughs> you just get right down to it. Your mom is a fucking cunt. I know I said that she, I'd be true, but she's fucking always coming over here and something that rhymes with cunt. You know, I, you got you got the idea, right? Jesus Christ, what do I have to be LL? Um, <clears throat> hang on a second. What the fuck just happened? Did I knock this out? All right, ten minutes in. Look at that. That was an easy ten. That was a fucking easy ten. I actually. Uh, I actually bought a, uh, I bought a new grill. I didn't get a grill. You know what I bought? I bought that fucking egg thing. The big ceramic looks like a giant fucking avocado. You know what sucks is I can't even talk about the shit that I bought because I feel like now it feels like it's a commercial on this thing. Um, they're not paying me to advertise. So what? So what, Bill? Now you can't talk about them? See what happens? It's a catch-22. Speaking of looking like a giant avocado, how about those Boston Celtics? What up, Philly? 
Huh? What'd you think? Did you really think that that was going to happen again? That you were going to go into Boston for a game seven on the fucking parquet? And that, uh, and that, that, that wasn't going to happen. I almost went parquet butter. At that point, if I ever made that joke, you guys should have just fucking just what are you, unsubscri- unsubscribed. Is that how you say it? Um, Celtics beat Philly. I actually watched uh, most of the game, and then I had to go do my gig over at Flappers. Um, so I had to listen to the rest on uh, on the radio as I went over there. I got to tell you something. You know, I'm not expecting the Celtics to win the championship. I know we're old. You know, but uh, the officiating in the fucking NBA, I don't think in any other sport, I swear to God, do do the refs just dictate the fucking pace and all that? And I know that I've had a fucking tampon in my ass about this for a long time, but it's ridiculous. Paul, let me ask you a question. in, In the ever, in any game ever, forget about a game seven of an NBA playoff to go to the conference finals. Let's just say a regular season game in the middle of fucking December. Does Kobe Bryant ever get called for a... Does he ever foul out on a fucking charge? Is that call ever going to be made against that guy? I'm going to go with never. Right? Paul Pierce got five fouls. Ticky-tack foul. They they foul the guy out on a fucking charge. It's un. Fucking believable. And just three days before, I watched Ho- Hobie. I watched Kobe fucking hack a guy across both forearms, but that would have been his third foul in the second quarter, and they would have had to sh- sit the guy. And what do they do? They have a meeting. The refs have a meeting, and they give it to some bum standing next to him. It's just fucking... It's, you t- tell me the difference between the NBA officiating and the officiating and fucking wrestling. Okay, if you can do that, then... Jesus Christ, sorry. Did I just lose you guys on that one? Why don't you set the fucking recorder where it's supposed to be? There, right down on the floor. (laughs) Let's just bring everything down here. There we go, Bill. Seriously, if you can do that, I will fucking... uh, I will go to your town and I will do karaoke. Um, And I'll sing whatever song you want me to sing. I'll do that LL Cool J song and I'll white it up. I know that I said that I would be true. Um, that's what that's what kills me about the NBA. Okay, I fucking have really been watching it because of the hangover and the devastation of seeing the Bruins get knocked out. And I got into it again. It's just like basketball is a fucking phenomenal game. It's a pure game. You know, fucking ball in a hoop, loving it. If those fucking striped cunts would just get out of the way and stop taking out their fucking frustration that there's some 23-year-old kid who's getting more pussy and is worth millions of more dollars than you in your fucking footlocker outfit. So now you got to go around and just fucking dictate, I have power. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't know if it's that shit or if it's fucking David Stern in their ear with the Bluetooth. Whatever. Whatever. So, hey. New Jersey's own Paul Verzi. He's been talking a lot of trash, you know, talking about Oklahoma City. You know, that's who he's, that's who he's picking. And I actually picked the Spurs, you know, because my whole theory that the Spurs play, they play basketball the way your dad fights, you know. And I think that that was evident in last night's game. You know, Oklahoma came out all fucking, you know, 
all young, full of piss and vinegar, running up and down the court. And what, what do they do? Ah, they just sort of jogged after him. All right, yeah, yeah keep running. Keep running. It's like that in that movie Colors, that 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 street joke with the Papa Bowl and the and the and his son, the Sun Bowl. <laughs> Father and son bull standing on the hill. They're looking down at a bunch of cows. And the son goes, hey, let's run down the hill and go fuck one of those cows. And the dad goes, no, let's walk down and fuck them all. All right? That's the Spurs. Let's walk down, pick and roll, and fuck them all. That's what they're going to do. All the way to another NBA championship. And they're still not going to get respect because they play in a city that nobody cares about. Okay? Mexicans don't even care about San Antonio. They don't. All right. That's just a little stop off that they have when they cross the border before they go to like fucking, I don't know, El Paso. All right. That was a bad, that was a bad example. El Paso. I should have said, uh, where do illegal immigrants usually end up? Denver. Come right up through Albuquerque, through Santa Fe, you know, run past Columbine and they go right into Denver, don't they? What is that? Is that the 35 north? Or is that, no, the 35 goes through Austin. This is how much fucking road, tri- road driving, road traveling I've done. It goes to 10. There's the 8, then there's the 10, then there's the 40. Then there's the 70, then there's the 80, then there's the 90. That's going east-west. Those are evens. Odds go north-south. Ah, fuck, I can't fucking remember anymore. Ah, who gives a shit? Um, anyways. <clears throat> so, what do you guys think? Huh? Can the Celtics limp through another round? Can they beat, uh, I like how they act like because Chris Bosh is out of it, like they don't still have LeBron James and, uh, that guy with the little mouth. What's... <laughs> Dwayne Wade, what is with his fish lips? I don't understand. He looks like a fucking tuna that can dunk. Um, all right. What the fuck am I right now? Oh, I know. I got I to do some advertising. Sorry, people. I'm doing like, you know, one of these days I'm actually going to. Nah, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was going to say, you know, one of these days I'm going to get this thing into a studio. And, you know, there's going to be the guy, the, the fucking Baba Booey guy who comes in or the fucking this guy. It's, just, it's not happening. All right. It isn't. This is what it is. All right? Just like ACDC's first album. Okay? Do you think that they were going to do something else? No. This is what we're doing. Three chords, kick you in the cunt, and a guitar solo, and that's it. Go fuck yourself. We're done until the next one comes out. That's what I'm doing with this. All right? I don't have time. Yes, I do. I have I have the time. I'm lazy. All right? Well, fuck you. You, you put shit off in your life, don't you? All right, here's one for you. The man great, everybody. And I just received my first man great. They just sent me a free one. Um, This Father's Day, there's only one perfect gift. You guys all grilled this weekend on your little hibachis with those anorexic little grates that you have and all the grease drips down and lights your egg McMuffin on fire. Isn't that annoying? You know? Because that's one of the things you really... You get judged as a guy. You know what I mean? What your woman looks like, what kind of car you drive, and then your skills on the grill. Okay? That's how you're judged. And I'm sure that this will be made fun of someday on a show like The Office. 
they will somehow try and uh, just they'll show a guy who's good on the grill. Right. And then somehow they'll say, but, you know, underneath he has he has an underlying insecurity. Right. Because no one could just be the fucking man anymore. Um, the man grade, everybody. This is the deal. It's a grill enhancement system. You don't have to go buy a new grill. Do you already have a grill? Are you nodding your head? Yes. All right. Wouldn't you like to fucking put a supercharger on it? That's what the man grade is. All right. Oh, the next line. What is a man grate, you ask? Man grates are 100% made in America, cast iron grilling grates. All right? So you're giving Americans jobs and you're grilling. Good Lord. All we need is a stripper in here and an American flag. This is, this is, you have a Kid Rock video. Um, these heavy-duty grilling grates deliver exactly what you need to achieve the steakhouse flavor you've been looking for. Now, what they're really saying there is, are you tired of your friends making fun of you and your lame-ass cube steaks? This is going to teach you how to grill correctly, um, or at least, you know what I'm trying to say here. With Mangrate's patented design, chicken, steak, or veggies, for all the Trader Joe people, veggies will have never tasted so good. No more flare-ups, no more dry meat. Guaranteed. They guarantee it. So basically, they're giving you something that will make it impossible for you to mess up, mess it up, which means as you're grilling, you can be looking over your shoulder, talking trash to your friends about how, how good your burgers are going to be. All right. Take advantage of their $20 Monday morning podcast special today by clicking on the Mangrate banner at BillBird.com. All you do is you go to BillBird.com, you click on the podcast page, you look over to the right. All right. You look over to the right. You click on the Mangrate banner. And uh, as a bonus, every BillBird.com order comes with a heavy-duty man-grade grilling brush to clean it up with. All right? They're made in America. They're 100% cast iron. You'll get steakhouse-quality grilling in your backyard. 20 bucks off because of my, my, my podcast and you're a listener. Just go to the man banner on the podcast page of BillBird.com. There you go. Get some for your father. You know, does your dad grill? Of course he does. Probably fought for this country, too. The last generation of real men. Um, all right. Let's get back to the podcast. Where the hell is it? All right. Let's get back to the stuff here. Um, you know, lately, I've been asking. I've been asking some of the ladies to write in. And uh, finally, I haven't even read this yet, but this already seems like gold. This is this is the the. On the subject line of this email, uh, it says, I think the guy I'm dating is a pussy. (laughs) Hello, Bill. I am a 21-year-old student. I began listening to your podcast recently, and I heard you complaining about how women have not written in in a while. And being a woman myself, decided to do so and ask you for advice. Well, God bless you. Uh, I live at home with my mom and go to college. I recently found a very nice guy. Uh, they were at college and was really into him. But then I started suspecting something strange. I started suspecting that maybe he was a pussy. (laughs) At first, I thought it was pretty harmless. But then one night, we had a house party and everyone was pretty drunk. And a friend of mine, who I haven't seen in a while, was there. And when everyone was way, way, way past drunk, she tried to get into a fight with me and eventually pushed me down The wall then stole my iPhone, and he was there and did nothing. Jesus Christ. I was so scared that I called my ex to come get me, and he did. 
Wow. Uh, you think you're dating a pussy? I mean, that right there. Gee, And he just stood there and let this other guy who used to hook up with you come in riding in on his white horse? Anyways, my ex was more of a man than the guy I was dating. Now, even though the guy I'm dating was drunk, I felt like he should have protected me or done something, anything. He did nothing. And later he even confessed to me that he was scared of my drunk fr friend and even scared of me. What the fuck, right? Even though he says this will never happen again, I have enough knowledge to know that people do, do not usually change like that. You know, that's a really wise... That you're really wise for your age. At 21, if, you, if you're already not buying into the I'm going to change, that's, uh, you're, you're wise beyond your years. You know? They say that you're basically your psychological makeup is done by the time you're three. So if you see some little toddler standing there while somebody's taking his blocks, that kid's going to be a pussy. <laughs> anyway, so should I be upset or give him another chance? Is this a deal breaker? Is there no way to change a guy from a pussy to a real man? Should I just break things off with him? And if so, should I remain friends with him? Thanks, Bill. And I hope you read this. Uh, I love you and Nia. Oh, that's nice. Um, all right. This is the deal. Uh, you asking a question. Is there no way to change a guy from a pussy to a real man? No, I, I don't think... I think that that happens. I think it happens way more in movies where somebody has a life-changing moment. Uh, and then they just decide, I'm not going to take shit anymore. But even then, that just begins the journey of not being a pussy. You don't just say, I'm not going to be a pussy, and then bam, you're not a pussy anymore. You have to, you got to work your way up. It's like if you were 100 pounds overweight and you're like, this, I'm done. I'm not eating fucking ice cream anymore. The next day, you don't have a six-pack, you know? takes a fucking year or something. You, you really got to turn it around. So um, I don't know. What are you looking for in a guy? I mean, I, I think the fact that you're writing me and you're saying, I think the guy I'm dating is a pussy, I mean, that, that actually hurts me on some level just because I insert myself into this story and the person I'm dating would be calling me a pussy. Or it could be the ex, I guess. I don't know. This isn't about me. This is about you. Come on, Bill. Stop being selfish. All right. Um, I think you've totally lost, lost respect for this guy. And if you don't respect the person you're with, eventually you're going to blow somebody else, you know, if you don't break up with this guy. That's what I'm predicting. If you don't break up with this guy, you're just going to cheat on him just to facilitate getting out of the relationship because, uh, you know, to get to that LL Cool J moment where you can just be fucking honest. But I don't think you like that. I, with something about you knowing that people don't change at your age and the fact that you like, you know, this guy's a pussy. He's not sticking up for me. And the fact that he didn't stick up for you and then you took charge and say, well, I'm going to fucking call somebody who will. I mean, technically, you should have fucked your ex-boyfriend that night and he, and he shouldn't have been mad. He should have been like, and he probably wouldn't have been because he's a pussy. Yeah, you know, I understand. I mean, you know, when you needed a big swinging dick, I mean, God knows it wasn't me. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think if you don't break up with this guy, you're actually fighting nature. All right? And you guys are wired to, to I know, 
You guys aren't wired to, to just have kids with pussies. You know what I mean? You want a strong son, right? You don't want, to, you don't want that pussy DNA in your kid, right? Oh, that's going to kill you. Imagine that. You have a kid with this guy, and you want this kid to be like uh, like your ex-boyfriend, and it comes out, and it's like this fucking little wormy worm guy. Ah, it'll be awful. Walking down the aisle to marry this guy with that sheepish, I don't deserve you. I can't. You don't want that. You want this guy to be the man standing down there in a white tuxedo like fucking Roger Moore and James Bond. I think, I think uh, look, I don't know if this just happened and you're really upset. So, uh, you know, and like and in three days, you're not going to care and you're going to go back to having a picnic with this guy. Because for all I know, your ex who came coming back, maybe you broke up with him because he cheated on you. Maybe he was too much of a guy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so then you said, well, all right, I'm going to maybe I'm this next time I'm dating a nice guy. So now you dated a nice guy. The thing about it is sometimes you date a nice guy. They can be so nice that they're pussies. All right. And look, I'm not I'm not sitting here acting like, you know, if I'm out with my girl in some fucking 200 pound, 300 pound jacked fucking 25 year old comes up and starts doing shit that I'm going to start swinging because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting my fucking head kicked in just for the fuck of it. No. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not like just. You know, straight across the board as a guy, you have to fucking go and get your goddamn head kicked in. But this was a fucking woman. This was a lady. I mean, he's Jesus. It's that it is a weird situation in defense of him where. How do you get the fucking iPhone back? You start wrestling with her. And now you're kind of fucking throwing a girl around. So you're looking at that possible assault charge because God knows that's how the world worked works right now. Your Honor, I was trying to steal a phone, and he, he this guy assaulted me. And you're going to be sitting there going, she was stealing a phone, and they're not going to be able to get past. You're, you're a guy, and she's a girl. But, um, you know, he should have just, just held her by the back of her pants so she couldn't leave and just stayed out of reach of her swinging. That's what you do if you're in that situation as a guy. You just reach down, you grab by the back of their pants, and you just start running in a circle until cops get there. So they can't swing at you. They're running backwards. I mean, I don't know what you, you got. You got to fucking do something. And he didn't do anything. That's the big thing. If you told me, honestly, if you told me that this was some giant guy who could kick the shit out of him, uh, I wouldn't say that the guy's a pussy. You know what I mean? I mean, what is the point of going in and getting a concussion, getting your tooth driven up through your fucking nose? The guy's still going to leave with your phone. You know, that's that old uh, Richard Pryor bit. Macho man, I'll take that knife and stick it up your ass. Macho man. It's like, no, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. But this was a woman. All right, Bill, for fuck's sakes, quit your goddamn rambling. Wrap it up. Um, I think you know what you want to do and you should do it. Um, you are dating a pussy. The fact that when he was sober, he said that he was scared of her and of you. Uh, he seems like he's a little verklempt. And uh, I just can't imagine. This is going to be a stereotype, but a guy like that actually putting it on you in the bedroom. I really don't. He probably stares at you in the eye. Am I hurting you? Is everything okay? God, you're so beautiful. I mean, come on. All right. Flip her over. Mush her face in the pillows. 
Um, oh, she says, and P.S., don't worry. Uh, that cunt I used to call a friend who pushed me and took my phone is no longer in my life. Did you get your phone back? Well, what happened with you guys? Now, wait a minute. What? Like, can I hear the follow-up here? There's so many different ways that this could be going. Was that like a girl, like when you thought that maybe you were uh, swinging another way? And all of a sudden you broke up with her and uh, uh, probably not. It's just my own red shoe diary kind of fucking thing. So anyways, um, what are we, 30 minutes in in the Monday morning podcast? Um, I got I to gotta, uh, give a little uh, shout out here to uh, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California. The city that Johnny Carson made famous. Um, I had a fucking unbelievably great time this weekend. I did four shows out there, Friday, Saturday night. It's the perfect size club. They couldn't have been more friendly. The, the, all the shows were packed. I was working out my new hour, and um, it was great. I was working with uh, Chelsea Peretti, Sacramento Zone, Chelsea Peretti. She was hella funny, as they say up there. Um, yeah, she was fucking great. She sang some ridiculous line about Michael Bolton backstage, like just fucking around. And I said to her, you got to do that on stage. You got to do that on stage, right? So most people go, oh, I can't do it. I just, I just came up with it. I'm not doing it. I can't fucking do it. She went up and she did it and closed with it. And it was just one of those one of those weekends. It just I don't know. You'd have to be a comedian to understand how much that like gets you going to be like, all right, I'm going to go up and go try some shit. If she's just going to go fucking sing some fucked up line about Michael Bolton, what I'm going to go up there and, and, and pussy out of my jokes, my, the new things that I want to try. So um, I was psyched. I feel like I already got. I have a solid 25 minutes towards my new hour where I can actually. You know, run my mouth and not do anything on the special that's coming up. Because that's basically the game. You, you tape the special. And the second it's done, you then have from whenever you finish taping to when the new one comes out to somehow come up with an hour of shit that you can say to a crowd and they won't demand their money back. So I have until October and I, fig I feel like I'm already halfway there. You know, this time next week. I'm actually going to go out with a buddy of mine. Uh, you know, I never rode a motorcycle in my life. He's going to teach me how to do it. I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, a motorcycle. Well, fucking just go buy the coffin with it. I'm not. I'm, I'm dirt bikes. I'm just going to ride a fucking dirt bike just because I want to learn how to fucking ride one. You know what I mean? Just for that uh, MacGyver moment. There's, two, there's a couple things I want to learn how to do. I want to fucking learn how to ride a motorcycle and maybe fly a helicopter. Just so I have my, you know, just in case if I'm ever in some Jason Bourne kind of situation. <laughs> you ever think about that shit? What's great about action fucking heroes is I don't give a fuck what vehicle it is. I don't care if it can fly, if it's on the water, if it's a fucking dump truck, if it's a goddamn tank. It's a, it's a fucking hovercraft. Those sons of bitches. Not only did they have time to be trained in every form of martial arts, swords, weaponry, guns, anything. They know how all that works. And they can drive every fucking vehicle known to man. 
You know, you got to do that. You got to, as a guy, you got to make your, or, or a woman, right? As a girl. Remember that when they used to spell it G-R-R-L? Because you guys weren't taking no more shit, baby. Um, you got to make that fucking, your, your action hero list. You know, your Jason Bourne list. Have you ever seen an action movie where the fucking guy jumps into some vehicle or plane or anything is like, I, I just, uh, how does this work? Does anybody know how to drive a fucking helicopter? <laughs> fly it or whatever i want to be able to do that shit you know what's his face tom cruise tom cruise has a pilot's license he can ride a motorcycle remember top gun when he was fucking riding with the, without his helmet on right he can ride him uh he can drive a sports car i want the helicopter though that's probably the wild card everybody's got that it's like a great picture he's got his he's got his four pitches or whatever but not everybody has the cut fastball. I think the, the helicopter is the cut fastball for a, uh, maybe it's a knuckleball for an action hero. Whatever. Whatever. I never learned how to ride a motorcycle because my parents would not allow it. They just wouldn't allow it. And, uh, you know, what the fuck was I going to do? I didn't have the money to buy one. I wanted to get one, which required them. I was like, can you buy me this? They're like, no. And if we could afford it, we wouldn't. And I was like, why not? And they're like, because you're going to fucking die. All right? And it's as annoying as you are as a child. We don't want that to happen. So, no, we're not, we're not getting you that. And then I remember I got old enough, and I was going to buy this the motorcycle came out. It was called the Honda Rebel. And it was only 1200 bucks. This was the 80s. And I still remember the commercial. It was something like, uh, look at my watch, it was 9.51, so I called up my girl who said, let's have some fun, and we rolled, riding on a rebel, get this fucking bike, something like that, right? And um, I was going to buy it, and the girl I was seeing at the time said, if you buy that, you might as well buy the coffin to go with it. <laughs> And I don't know. I talked to a couple other people and people who work in emergency rooms. They, they call people who ride motorcycles. They just call them organ donors. And uh, and I was under the impression of, yeah, but what if you got really good at riding a bike? You know, people suck at riding bikes. Maybe if you got really good at it. And I basically eventually probably somebody told me it's like, listen, stupid. It doesn't matter how good you are. If somebody sucks at driving a car, they're in a fucking car. You're on a motorcycle. That's it. You know, there's no fender benders, as they say on those things. So I was just like, all right, you know what? That's probably a good idea. Oh, fucking action heroes can also ride a horse. There's just nothing they can't. There's nothing they can. They can't fucking do. And climb up the side of a building. So what you got to do? You got to get a chin up bar, and then you got to start knocking down all these modes of transportation, because that's that's as big a part of fucking Armageddon. As, you know, growing your own food and having your own water supply. You have to be able to drive every mode of transportation. I guarantee you, if you go on YouTube, there's going to be a video. I've never looked this up, but how to drive a tank. I bet somewhere on the Internet, <laughs> if the, uh, somewhere on the Internet, I bet that there's a video that will teach you how to do that shit. Um. So anyways, what the hell was I talking about? I just totally lost my goddamn train of thought. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm going to be... Uh, oh, I'm t oh, I know what I'm... I'm talking about put, coming up with this new hour material. 
So how I do it, this is how I do it, is um, obviously I throw out all my other shit. And I only go back to the old hour if I have to. Um, and I just keep talking new shit. I take all rules of hack. I throw them out the window. I will just, I will right down to a Michael Jackson impression. If I could do it, I would do it on stage. I wouldn't give a fuck. And I just, just to be saying something new, that'll just get me thinking that way. And then in my personal life, I go out and I try and do some shit that I never did before because I know goddamn well, I'm going to make an ass of myself trying to ride that bike. I'll stall it out. I'll do a face plant. I'll do something fucking stupid um, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, even that fucking shit I just said there about the fucking action heroes, how they can drive. Some, something will come out of it. So that is my uh, – that is what I'm going to be working on coming up. And I got a bunch of actually stand-up gigs. It starts to get crazy again in um, in June. I'm going to be at the San Jose Improv. Uh, Chelsea Peretti is on that one also. I had to give her that one. It's so close to her hometown of Sacramento. All her peeps are going to come down, be hella excited. Um, that's on June 15th and 16th. And then I'm doing the on, – and on the 17th, I'm at the Chicago Theater. Um, that's a Vince Vaughn show, Vince Vaughn Wild West show. It's going to be me. Obviously, Vince Vaughn, Steve Byrne. I got to get you guys in that lineup. That's going to be insane. And uh, the Chicago Theater is the shit. I actually got to work at one time previously when I was working with the great Jimmy Norton on his tour, uh, the antisocial tour. It was me, Norton, Attell, and Brewer. That was such an unbelievable show. And the Bruins won the Stanley Cup that night. So um, this is my triumphant return to the Chicago Theater. That's going to be Sunday, June 17th. All right, so all you mustachioed, uh, stereotypical Chicago people, bring fucking 6,000 of your closest friends down to that gig. And Ontario Improv, the Inland Empire, June 29th, 30th, and July 1st. And then the next gig I got after that is Hampton Beach in New Hampshire on July 14th in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm doing the uh, Newport Yachting Center, which sounds really like I said, snooty, but it's a tent that they put up in the parking lot in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, July 15th. And that's actually one of my favorite gigs because um, I get to go back and see all kinds of friends and family. And that's it. And by then, I'm guaranteeing you, by that July 15th, I'm going to have my 45 fucking minutes down. That's my goal. By July 15th, to have a new 45 minutes, and then I can coast through. You know, August and September, get that next 15. And then my special comes out, right? And hopefully everybody likes it. Then they come out to see me and everybody's like, oh, fuck, we saw him. He's got a whole new fucking hour. And that is how you do it. Um, all right, dilemma. Bill, would you rather lose your driver, driver's license forever or spend the rest of your life as a vegan? Oh, man, that is a great one. And I obviously can't cheat on the diet. Oh, what a hell of a dilemma. Drive around as a grumpy, skinny douche for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. What? Yeah. 
Wait, would you rather? I just got lost in that. Lose your driver's license forever or spend the rest of your license. Oh, I'd have to walk around as a meat-eating jackass. Spend the rest of my life as a vegan. I'd, uh, I'd have to be a vegan. I'd have to be a vegan. What am I going to be? I, I just sit around eating burgers, walking around the block, <laughs> asking people to drive me places. I wonder if you could get used to that, though. I lost my license for drinking and driving a long time ago. And that was back when you only lost it for 45 days on a first offense. And they didn't count the first two weeks while I was waiting to get arraigned. Um, so it was probably more like 45. I probably lost it for, I don't think it was two weeks either. I lost it for like 50-something days. And I remember towards the end of it, I almost, I forgot what it was like to drive. Just after that amount of time. You know what? If I lost my driver's license forever, I would just live. I would live in New York City. That's what I would do. And, you know, I'd be like one of those fucking people. You know, when you live in New York. Jesus Christ, New York City, man. I, I, you know what? The smartest thing I ever I left New York City at 39. That was the smartest thing I ever did. New York City is such a city for young people. You know, I know I've said this shit before, but, like, if you... you this is the thing. I really feel that... You got to live there at some point in your life. It's fucking awesome. You have to live there, but don't stay there too long. You stay there too long, there's just something happens. You become agoraphobic, you know, you have some unhealthy relationship with a fucking animal. And I'm not saying bestiality, but like, you know, instead of having a kid, you have like a cat. And all you do is sit around bitching that there's no fucking good restaurants in your neighborhood. And it's just, it just... You get all hunched over. You, you start looking like you have osteoporosis even if you don't. This, that, that city is for young people. And uh, go there, have a good time, and then you got to get out. Don't hang there too long because you end up – it's like Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused. You're just hanging around, and uh, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, oh, and speaking of which, how about the New Jersey Devils? The New Jersey Devils and the L.A. Kings, who do you like? Who do you like? And the Rangers lose. The Rangers lose. My condolences to all Rangers fans and my condolences to the world's most famous arena slash food court. Once again, another year goes by. No NBA title. No Stanley Cup. But for some reason, it's the world's most famous arena because of music. Because of Frankie Sinatra. Because of Led Zeppelin. Because of Muhammad Ali. Not because of the Rangers or the Knicks. Okay, and I know that's a bitter pill for you New York sports fans to swallow. And that's exactly why I'm handing it to you on a nice fucking pillow. Swallow it because it's all you. Um, Celtics, by the way, are still in it, going for their 18th NBA World Championship. All championships won in the NBA. In the National Basketball Association, as opposed to that other team out west. That counts that BAA title. <laughs> we won an NBA title before there was even an NBA. Um, anyways, by the way, I got to give the Rangers props, though. The Ranger fans, everybody stole your let's go Rangers. Everybody stole that from you guys. In 1994, you guys were the only guys doing it. It became fucking iconic. And now everybody does it. 
you know, let's go Bruins. No one ever did that. It was, here we go, Bruins, here we go, bump, bump. That's what the fuck it was. Now I hear people go, let's go Bruins, and it bugs me. Um, I actually looked up the history of uh, the Beat L.A. chant. And because uh, some jackass was trying to be like, oh, so it's fucking uh, the San Francisco Giant fan used to say that to the Dodgers back in the sick. I'll go fuck yourself. No, they didn't. All right. According to my fucking Internet research, uh, the history of the beat L.A. chant was actually when the 76ers beat the Celtics in game seven in 1982. And they were going and we hated the fucking Lakers. That's how much we hated the Lakers. The, Celt- the, the 76ers beat us in our own goddamn building. We knew it was over. And the fans chanted, beat L.A. Actually, they chanted it to the 76ers. All right? That's how much we fucking hated L.A. You know, we weren't going, fuck you, 76ers, yada, 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 all that bullshit. We were just like, all right, you beat us. You know, as much as we fucking hate that, we hate the Lakers more. And then the beat L.A. chant was born. All right? And if that isn't a fucking phenomenal story, I don't know what is. And I got to tell you something. I hated the 76ers back then, but when I look back and I remember those teams, I fuck, I love them now. Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, Bobby Jones, Dr. J. Oh, and then when they brought in Moses Malone, it was just phenomenal. And I loved their uniforms back then. I don't know why they just don't go back to those. I don't know why every fucking uniform has to be so goddamn discoed up. I just don't get it. They were just simple back then. I don't know. Although I got to say, I like the new Atlanta Hawks uniforms. I like those better. The, the ones they had back in the day during Dominique's, they were uh, they were definitely... Uh, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. Um, all right. Please beat the dead horse. Bill, you've received this email a million times. All right. Can you please beat the dead horse and make make it clear one more time that she should not be wasting any more time with him anymore? Sincerely, pronouns. What? I don't even get that. I know you're trashing me. Can you please beat the dead horse and make it clear one more time that she should not be wasting any more time with him anymore? I don't know what the fuck that is. You got me. You got me, sir, or ma'am, or whatever. You beat me. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Weird signals from a sort of a creepy friend. Hey, Bill. Uh, I'm a girl that has a lot of guy friends. I'd say about 70% of my friends are guys. Uh, Half are gay, half aren't. You know what I can't fucking stand? I hate women who have gay friends and they refer to him. Oh, that's my gay. He's my gay. I fucking, uh, those women are the fucking worst. And then their stupid gay friend comes around cock blocking you, you know, with his sassy fucking bullshit coming in and out. That's when you just like, why don't the two of you go fucking finger blast each other? No, it's really, it's really fucking annoying. It's really annoying. It's and then I always feel like the gay guy is gaying it up, is acting. He's just like acting extra gay, uh, like sitcom gay, not like real life gay. And it's the whole fucking thing is just annoying. So, anyways, she she goes, uh, 
And lately, I've been noticing a lot of my male friends have started staring at me. It's a little weird because I've known them for a while and no one ever looked at me twice. But over the last two months, I keep catching them looking, particularly my friend so-and-so. All right, well, what's going on with you? Did you hit the gym? Were you late developing? Are you dressing differently? Um, uh, So-and-so is my age and sort and sort of kind of has a girlfriend, but not really. Oh, Jesus. Are you that kind of girl Nia went off on back in the day? Girl who has all guy friends. Uh, anyways, she just turned 15. Oh, wait a minute. Are you underage? I don't want to read this. She just turned 15, and he's determined to wait around for two years until she's legal in the eyes of the state we live in to officially date and get with her since all they've done is kiss. Creepy? I think yes. Uh, I would say definitely yes. If you're sitting there floating around just going, let me tell you something, man. The second the law allows me to take my dick out, I'm going to do it. (laughs) That's fucking creepy. Anyways, now even though he's allegedly in love with this child, he gets super flirty with me when we hang out. Even going so far as to cop feels, make jokes about us hooking up, and give me long hugs. Yeah, stay away from this guy. This guy's a creep. She goes, I'm friends with this dude, but this whole situation weirds me out, as it should. I'm not sure if he really wants to stay with his girlfriend or try to get or try his hand at dating someone age appropriate. But there's a fucking ton of mixed signals going on here. And any outside insight would be awesome. Thanks in advance. Um, I think you got to go with your gut on this one. I think the reason why you're getting creeped out is because this guy's creepy. That's fucking creepy. That's fucking creepy. All right. A 22-year-old guy with a 15. That's Chris Hansen. Can you, can you kiss a girl who's 15 at 22? What are you doing? You're in the prime of your life. There's plenty of fucking... uh, You're 22 years old. That's it. You're a fucking rock star. There's a zillion women that you could get with. Yeah, this guy is a creep. He's beyond a fucking creep. I remember when I was 22, an 18-year-old girl felt like a child at that point. It was just weird. Like, that's a huge jump. They're still living at home. You know? You're of legal drinking age. You're going to titty bars. You're getting arrested for fucking drinking and driving. You flunked out of college. I mean, you're eons away from where they, they were at 18. That's how I felt. Um, I remember as, as a senior in college, like freshmen seem like, like children. That's fucking weird. Yeah, I would stay away from that guy. And, um, and as far as guys looking at you, it sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're turning into a swan there, cutie pie. So why don't you go get a guy you deserve? Stay away from uh, the future sex offender, you know, because you're just going to have to testify in his trial because you're friends that he's actually uh, a good guy rather than a bad guy. That is beyond fucked up. A 22-year-old guy making out with a 15-year-old girl is beyond fucked up. That's beyond fucked up, all right? Yeah, that's like to the point I wish I didn't even read it. That like ruins... Takes all the fucking comedy out of this shit. All right, 53 minutes in. What do we got to do here? Uh, 
Hey, how about some advertising? That's a nice setup, huh? A little Chris Hansen story. And now let me tell you some stuff you got to buy. Um, all right. What do we got here? Stamps.com, everybody. You know it. I've been talking about it forever. I've been using it now for like, what, since like February? Shipping all of my DVDs in my BVDs in my own apartment. Um, dead serious, man. I got it. I got the scale. I still haven't bought my little uh, – I'm a postman hat yet. You know, a little visor, like, is he going to ship a package or win the U.S. Open? Nobody knows. Um, look, there's a few things that are a bigger waste of time than going to the post office when something like stamps.com exists. All right? You can basically bring the post office into your house. You can print legal stamps. All right? Right off their website, right out of your printer, right onto your envelope or onto a box. You got a little scale if you need, like, uh, whatever you call that one. The postage, I guess. You can you can do the whole thing. You can do everything that you can do at the post office except waste time in your life. All right? Stamps.com will not only save you time, you can buy and print out, like I just said, the official U.S. postage on your computer or printer. You can print exact postage on any other package right from your desk. Um, Stamps.com will also save you money. It's a fraction of the cost of a postage meter. Plus, you get discounts you can't even find at the post office. Um, right now, if you use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer, you get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 uh, free dollars in postage. All right, don't wait. Go to Stamps.com now before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, and enter Burr, B-U-R-R. And um, also, I have other exciting news. If that wasn't exciting enough, that you can bring this the post office into your apartment. Wouldn't it be great if you could bring the titty bar into your apartment? Are you sick of going there and paying those high ATM fees for a woman who's not going to bang you? Wouldn't it be nice if somebody came and shook their titties right in your own apartment? At titties.com. Um, I was telling you guys how uh, if you go to Amazon.com through my website, on the podcast page, you just click on it. And if you're going to buy something, you just buy it that way. You don't have to do anything else once you get to Amazon.com. That uh, They kick me back some money and 10% of the proceeds go to the Wounded Warriors. Well, I got my first check from Amazon.com. So I, I can't do it today because they, do the, they don't pick up the mail. Uh, tomorrow, I get to write a nice check um, courtesy of you guys for taking the time to go through BillBird.com. Go to the podcast page and click it on the Amazon banner. And I want to thank all you guys for doing that because, uh, you know, this is really perfect for Memorial Day weekend to be bringing this up, that we get to actually, uh, you know, help out the Wounded Warriors Project through uh, buying Flobies on Amazon.com. <laughs> so I actually use it. I'm rebuilding this carburetor, and I'll just go on my own damn podcast, click on that, you know. Rebuilding the Holly 4160, dude. And uh, I know that that sounds impressive. It definitely has that man great vibe to it, doesn't it? But I got to tell you, it's not that difficult. Taking it apart and then putting it back together, it really isn't that difficult. Uh, what is difficult, though, is uh, I haven't got to the part where you got to use a little measure and, and make sure the, the, the float is at the right level and then adjusting the carburetors. But I got to be honest with you. I don't think that that is going to get is going to be that hard either. Once you've taken something apart, you know what I mean? I don't and then put it back together. It's not as scary anymore. 
which is why surgeons are so goddamn arrogant. You know, when they cut you open and move around your friggin' ovaries or your goddamn liver and then sew you back up and you don't die. I mean, do you really think that they think they're buying the next round? I think, you know, as arrogant as professional athletes are, I think that like surgeons should be twice as fucking arrogant. Really? Did you split the D and dunk from the foul line? I cut open a guy's skull, fucking played patty cake with his brain, put it back together and he can still talk. All right. Go fuck yourself, Kobe. Um, and then he steps on you. All right, let's get back to the podcast here. Where the hell is it? What's the rest of the stuff here? Uh, oh my God, here's one for you guys. Uh, my boyfriend wants to have his foreskin restored. By the way, how, how fresh and new are these, uh, these emails here? Just because it's coming from the female perspective. I love this shit. All right. Not saying I want guys to email in, but I, I, I would like to have a nice balance here. I already say enough shit trashing women, so it helps if women come in trashing guys because, uh, I, you know, it'll be a nice balance here. All right. My boyfriend wants to have his foreskin restored. Dear Bill, I wanted to get your take on a situation I'm in with my current boyfriend. Uh, I'm a girl. All right. A few weeks ago, my boyfriend of two years told me that he's become totally upset that he's circumcised and wants to restore his foreskin Via taping and stretching methods. What? And basically why he wants to do this is because everybody, they say that um, intercourse, you, you lose like, I don't know, some percentage of sensitivity um, when you have your foreskin removed. And um, all I can say is no guy can tell the difference whether he has a foreskin or whether he doesn't. Because unless you got laid when you were fucking six weeks old, you don't know what you're gaining or what you're missing. So I don't understand why you would do this. So by restore his foreskin via taping and stretching methods. She goes, I know, I know. It makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. I wanted to tell him I think he's out of his mind, uh, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. The thing is, I'm totally grossed out. By the idea of foreskin. Penises are gross enough already. There's no need to make it even grosser. Um, you know what? Am I the only guy that totally agrees with that? Is there anything more fucking disgusting than a fucking flaccid foreskin-covered dick? <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. It looks like a, like a fucking... I don't know what it looks like. It's just, just fucking disgusting. I, I don't even have, like, a, a reference. Looks like an elephant dick. I, can, I don't even know what to It's just gross. It's fucking disgusting. Um, she goes, obviously, I can't tell him how I feel. He's clearly having a really hard time with this. He tells me that he feels violated and disfigured. This guy's a pussy. Just throw, just throw this guy into the fucking pussy bin and get on with your life. He also claims that foreskins has a lot of advantage for both partners, but it's hard for me to totally buy that considering the fact I have slept with a couple uncircumcised guy and I didn't notice any extra pleasure, although I did use a condom with both guys. Yeah, he's full of shit. He's full of shit. It may be more pleasure for him. I don't know what. I mean, I think it's amazing that women will put a dick in their mouths you know, the least you can do is try and tidy up down there. You know, how about having 
little fucking empathy. I mean, that's just disgusting. It's just fucking extra skin. Yeah, nothing more sexier than extra skin. Yeah, yeah. It's like your dick used to be obese and then lost a ton of weight, but didn't have enough money to have that surgery <laughs> to get rid of the extra. Ah, that's gross. There's another two paragraphs, people. Just, just preparing you for another two paragraphs of having an uncircumcised, stretched, taped dick in your head. Anyway, I think it's absolutely disgusting and totally weird that he wants to do this, and I'm starting to get really turned off by the idea of sleeping with him while he's stretching out his foreskin. He told me he's going to tape it to an elastic strap, which he's going to tie around his leg. I know. What the fuck? Is he just coming up with this shit on his own? I told him that he should see a doctor before he starts to do this, but he doesn't want... But he doesn't think that doctors know much about this sort of thing. Oh, so he's just going to take it in his own hands. Uh, congratulations, sweetheart. You're dating a fucking moron. That, come on. This is the father of your children? Coming up with, you know, taking an erector set to his fucking dick? Do I have to finish reading this? I'm thinking of breaking it off with them. Really? Of course you are. I thought he was a normal guy, but I had no idea he had all this freaky shit going on underneath the surface. Anyways, what do you think about all of this? You got to go LL Cool J. <laughs> you just got to do what he did. You're stretching out your fucking dick. I know I said I'd be true. You're stretching out your fucking dick. So I'm leaving you. Go fuck yourself. It's over. <laughs> yeah, fucking gross. Anyway, what do you think of all this? Am I justified dumping him? Or, or would that make me an insensitive cunt? No, it would make you a strong person. All right? You go with your gut on this one. This guy is trying to, to do the impossible, like, uh, like he said, fucking scientist in that Michael J. Fox movie, Back to the Future. He's basically, you know, doing the DeLorean bullshit with his dick. And he doesn't want to go see a doctor. Any doctor would tell him, you can't do that. You know what would be funny, though, is if you dump this guy, right, and it actually works, and then he starts screaming like Billy Mays on TV with his, his dick stretcher, and he sells it for nineteen ninety five, and makes a zillion dollars. I'm just playing de devil's advocate here, you know. There's a 99% chance you're doing the right thing, but there is a 1% chance you could be walking away from uh, a potential millionaire. Because i got to be honest with you, if, if that guy actually pulls this off, no pun intended, if he pulls this off and he's able to do it with some household material, and then he... You know, they, they already make millions of dollars with those, those pills that say they're going to make your dick bigger. Which we all know it doesn't work. Because if it fucking worked, that would be an international story. And um, and then it still wouldn't work. Because then what would happen was everybody would take big dick pills. Even guys with big dicks. Because they don't want everybody else catching up with them. So then having a little dick would then be like having a six-inch dick. As opposed to a three-inch, four-inch dick, right? Does the math work out on that? Or you get bumped up. If you had a six, seven-inch dick, you just, you're just regular. 
No, you know, actually not regular. You, you'd have a little dick. So if this guy actually fucking is able to pull this, that doesn't even make sense. He's going, he, if he thought he was disfigured now, wait till he tries to fucking do this. I mean, his dick is going to look like, you know, when those people put that shit in their earlobes. They put those fucking, um, those circular, th circular things. You could shoot a goddamn fucking bow and arrow through somebody's earlobe and not draw any blood. He's going to do that to his dick. Except he's not going to have that thing in there. And it's just going to be hang. All right, Bill. We got it. It's disgusting. All right. Overrated, underrated. Uh, underrated. A steakhouse dinner with your boys. There's nothing better than stuffing your fat face with your friends, devouring mignon filet mignon, prime rib, and porterhouse, and leaving nothing on your plate at the end. Recently, my two buddies and I went to Morton Steakhouse, and we each spent 115 bucks despite having a $100 gift card. We each got our own steaks, sides, shrimp cocktails to start, and drinks to keep us twisted. We ate like royal royalty despite being low-level pieces of shit. We could, not even, we could not have been that gluttonous with the ladies. Why not? No offense to any wives or girlfriends, but nothing beats pigging out on quality food and not giving a shit about how you look in the process. You and your girl just can't do that sort of steakhouse thing. But you can do it with your boys. Abso-fucking-lutely. Uh, you know what, dude? You sound like a chick. You're not going to pig out in front of your girl? You know what? Come see me in San Jose when fucking Peretti opens up for me. She actually talks about eating. A lot of women want to fucking throw down. All right? But I know what you mean. I thought just to hang out with guys. It just makes you feel like you're running your own corporation when you have a steak dinner with you, with with. Just hanging out with the guys, right? You're smoking a cigar, you're drinking a scotch, and everybody feels like they're fucking, you know, HD buttercups, eh? Yeah. Um, overrated. Fake tits. They're too stiff. The, uh, they look silly to me and uncomfortable for her. I don't know why women keep doing this. It isn't better. Thank you. That's one of the truest things ever. You know? They're fucking, they're, they're horrific, and they don't feel good. And I think natural titties look better always, regardless of the size. It's just, it's just not that big a deal. It really isn't that you would do that, that you would take a bag of chemicals and have it inserted into your body. It's just fucking insane. I think uh, it was a bad idea, and I think it's over. Fake titties, it's, it's like bell bottoms. It's over, all right? Just let it go. It was a bad idea. Uh, underrated. The natural boob. Both jiggly and eco-friendly. Absolutely. Um, all right. That's the podcast for this week. I think I had everything I had to talk about except, uh, I guess, Gamefly.com. I didn't bring that up. All you video gamers out there. You guys seen the new uh, Grand Theft Auto that's coming out? Well, why don't you go to fucking Gamefly.com? Why am I cursing? Why don't you go to Gamefly.com? Huh? Why don't you? Where the hell is it? Where the hell is it? Man, great. Stamps.com. Advertising schedule. Here we go. Stay, uh, Gamefly.com, everybody. Go to Gamefly.com slash Burr, and you'll immediately you get a 15-day free trial to all my listeners. All right? You'll have access to 8,000 video games at your fingertips. They can be delivered to your door or straight to your PC. www.gamefly.com slash Burr. 15 days after 15 days of playing 8,000 8, video games, if that's even possible, 
You can be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want it. Go to hell. Why wouldn't you do that? Huh? You know why? Because you self-sabotage and you have to stop. And it begins today with Gamefly.com slash Burr. All right? That's the podcast for this week. Um, congratulations to everybody whose team who won in the playoffs. And uh, my condolences, even to the Rangers, man. I just break you guys' balls, okay? Um, that's it. That's the podcast. Let's go Celtics. Fuck the Miami Heat. And uh, it's going to crush me to see the Spurs win the championship again this year because I always felt Tim Duncan should have been a Celtic. He was He's the perfect Celtic. Fundamentally sound, not flashy, the anti-Showtime Laker. It's what made the Celtics-Lakers rivalry so great. They were both awesome teams who did it two different ways. And we were always the, uh, we're going to bore you to death and still score 108 points. That's how we always were. And... Uh, Oh, just I forget. There was some bullshit that happened that year in the lottery. We had like two lottery balls, and we still didn't fucking get them. I don't know who the fuck. We wound up with like Joe Barry Carroll or some bullshit. So it kills me. And uh, you know what? It's uh, You know what? I think you think maybe San Antonio will finally get some fucking respect if they win it again. Would this be Tim Duncan's fourth or fifth title? I can't remember. He won in 99. Then they won in like oh four. Then they won in like they won like every other year for a couple of years. I have no. I gotta look that up. I got no idea, and I should know that shit. He's won at least three. Oh, Bill, shut the fuck up. All right, go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>